Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. The first Easter was not filled with bunnies and Easter eggs and chocolate candy. The first Easter was found, actually the morning started with such despair, hopelessness, doubt, darkness, darkness of the soul. Expectations were not met. Fear started to encroach upon the hearts of many. The first Easter. The first Easter. Let me just recount what took place days prior to that. A week prior... Jesus comes riding in to Jerusalem on a colt and and people are celebrating, finally, Jesus, the Messiah, the King, is entering into Jerusalem. The expectation is that Jesus would have a new kingdom and a new ruling of the world. On Thursday, one of his disciples betrays him Sells him out for 30 pieces of silver, Judas. Jesus is arrested. And how quickly does it go from Jesus Christ, the king, the ruling king, to one who is arrested and on Friday being tried for committing no wrong except the people were getting stirred up. And the religious people did not like that Jesus, who was claiming to be the Son of God, was causing such a stir. Pilate, determining, hey, I don't want to get involved in this, tries to release Jesus by saying, hey, I'll release either Barabbas, this murderer, or I will release Jesus. And all of a sudden, the crowd starts yelling, crucify him, crucify him. This is Friday. By Friday afternoon, Jesus is carrying his cross and is nailed to the cross and dies on the cross. Wow, what a change of events in just a matter of days. Have you ever been in that place where your expectations are not met? Have you ever been in a place where all of a sudden this excitement of life all of a sudden turns on its head and you're faced with depression? You're faced with fear. You're faced with uncertainty because that's what we find the first Easter was all about. Doubt. There have been a couple times in my life that I had a bout of, of this wave of hopelessness over my life. The first time was when I was 24. I was transitioning between work and I really didn't know what my next job was going to be and I felt a sense of hopelessness. I felt felt a sense of not knowing what my future was going to be and I had, for the first time in my life, I felt this wave of what people must feel like of depression. This, This darkness began to surround me. This hopelessness began to invade me. There was another time There's only two times this happened in my life, but there's another time. I was 35 years old. That was 10 years ago, so you can do the math. (laughs) That 
that's how old he is. He looks so young. I knew that's what you were thinking in your head. But at 35, I found myself in that same situation, transitioning between an occupation and finding myself at a, of, a, of a place of uncertainty. And I remember that feeling. It was not a good feeling, so much so I had a few days to be home by myself, and it was probably not good that I was home by myself because I started reeling all this stuff in my mind. Have you been there? When all of a sudden you start getting isolated and all of a sudden your mind starts turning and what if, what if, what if, and, and this hopelessness and this doubt and this fear becomes to grip you. And I said, oh, there's only one way I can know how to do this. I, I took my little wood-burning kit and I said, I've just got to get something to preoccupy my mind. And I burned this. It says, I love my family. And actually, in this picture, it's stick figure. I really was not trying to do a phenomenal job with it. I was really just trying to occupy my mind so I wasn't going to go crazy. I felt like I probably should be rocking back and forth and start drooling out of the side of my mouth. But, but in reality, I was just trying to cope with, with my uncertainty, my fear of the future. There's only four people here. My littlest guy hadn't been born yet. 2006. But as I began to realize that, that this hopelessness was creeping up on me, I realized that I, I can't just look at my circumstance. And you know what? That's what the first, that's what the disciples did at first. They began to look at their circumstances. What my Messiah, my King is no longer the King. He actually is dead. What are those things in your life that have become the disappointments, that have become the, the things of fear begin to encroach upon you? What are those things that you've experienced that where all of a sudden life does not become too fun anymore? Maybe it's a death of a family member. Maybe it's the loss of a job or the criticism of others. Maybe it's divorce, a fight, financial struggles, or even bankruptcy or just the pressures of life, or failing in school, or failing in health. It's a dark time where all of a sudden this darkness begins to cloud around you, and you begin to feel hopeless. But that's exactly that feeling that probably most of us have felt at some point in time. That is exactly where the followers of Jesus found themselves that first Easter morning. Peter, who denies Jesus three times in that process. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus. Mary the mother of Jesus. Imagine that, seeing your son being tortured and crucified. Peter, who is struck by fear, begins to say, oh, I don't want to be associated with him. They, they might come after me. Those Jewish people might come after me. Those priests who put Jesus on the cross might come after me. Judas, who sells Jesus, is, is so filled with despair, he goes off and hangs himself. But that first Easter only starts out that way, but it changes rapidly. It changes rapidly, and it starts by Mary Magdalene going to the tomb that morning, and all of a sudden she sees the stone is rolled away. The stone is rolled away. Where's Jesus? And, and she thought maybe somebody stole him. 
stole his body. And then she has an encounter with some angels that says he's not here, he is risen. What? How can that be? That's the start of the change of events that begin to take place. Mary goes off and tells others. But here in, in John chapter 20, if you'll take your Bibles with me, if you have it, and by the way, if you don't have your Bibles, but if you have a smart device, uh, your, your phone or what have you, you can go to the Version Bible app. Just search on the app for Bible, the Bible, and then type in Grace Capital Church. You'll find the event for today, and you can find these scriptures right there. So here it is that these disciples are in a locked room. This is only 10 of them at first. John chapter 20, verse 19. And he appears to them. They were behind a locked door. Get this, if the door was locked and they were huddled together, Fear began to grip them, and this is where Jesus finds them. In their place of desperation, their place of fear, this place of disappointment, this place of darkness in their life, Jesus appears. But who's not there, that first sighting? As we know, Thomas is not there, because we go on to read later in verse 24, and I'm going to read this to you. Verse 24, now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Have you had that kind of doubt before in your life? That when life seems so desperate, when, when your circumstance seems so bleak, I don't, I don't know if I can believe God. After all, look at the circumstance. I don't know if I can trust that everything's going to work out. After all, look at my circumstance. And that's exactly where Thomas was. There's no way. Look at what just took place. There's no way. And fear gripped them, and depression began to set in. And here it is. Then eight days later, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. You see, whenever Jesus comes onto the scene, he brings something with him. He's called the Prince of Peace. He brings peace with him. And he's standing in the midst of their situation. He's standing in the midst of their fear. And he says, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Put your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, OMG. (laughs) Well, not really. He says, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because 
you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are you and me who have not seen and yet believe. I want to say to us this morning that let's not doubt in the dark what God has said in the light. You see, sometimes our situations can get so hard, we begin to doubt in the darkness of our time, the darkness of our life, and we forget what God has already said in the light. Do you see how fast the disciples forgot? In Mark chapter 8, he already told them what was going to happen. He began to tell him in Mark chapter 8, verse 31, what was going to take place. He spoke that when things were going well. He spoke the truth when things were going well. But then all of a sudden, in their bleak time, in their place of desperation, their place of fear, they forgot the truth and the light and the love and everything that Jesus had promised them. Yesterday, I was down at our Manchester service. And by the way, that, what an incredible service down in Manchester last night. But God kind of showed me this picture, and, and it was this. And sometimes God gives me these, these words that I don't understand. I have to look them up in the dictionary, and then I realize, God, you wanted to say something. And I felt like he said this word shroud. I don't know what a shroud is. I looked it up. I do now know what it is. A shroud is actually a grave cloth that goes to cover a dead body. I felt the Lord was saying, saying many times when we allow fear, when we allow desperation, when we allow hopelessness to begin to crowd out our life, it is like a shroud goes over our heart. And what that does is it begins to realize that our heart is a place that is not alive and well. It is a place of fear, of darkness, really of death. You see, when fear begins to grip our lives, it's like this, this shroud begins to cover our heart and we no longer can see the light and we can no longer see the hope. And this is where the disciples were until Jesus shows up on the scene. And then when Jesus shows up, immediately the shroud over their heart Moves away. I thought I'd have a white dove underneath there for you. <laughs> I thought it would be very cool. That would make the point for sure, but sorry, I, I couldn't find a dove in time. But the reality is when Jesus shows up on the scene, everything changes. Hope begins to rise again. Life begins to rise again. Love of the heart begins to anticipate the future again. For Thomas, everything changed when Jesus came into, onto the scene, into this house. By the way, the doors were still locked. I don't know how he did it, but Jesus walked right through that wall, must be, and said, hey, it's going to be okay. I'm alive. Don't doubt in the darkness what I've already told you in the light. And church, this is what we need to hear this morning 
And if you are a guest with us this morning, I am glad you're here, by the way, because this is for you as well. When life circumstances get us to the place where all of a sudden we start feeling this cloud of darkness surrounding us, we got to go to the places where we can find hope again. Where is that? Inviting Jesus to come close to us. Who else was facing hopelessness and then encountered Jesus again? Peter, remember Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times, who was one of his disciples? He said, you know what? I guess it wasn't true. I'm going to go back fishing again. There's Jesus on the beach with a little fire cooking up some fish. And he calls out to them after he performs a miracle and says, cast your nets on the other side. And Peter, who all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene. He can't contain himself anymore. Hopelessness turns into joy. He jumps out of the boat, swims into shore, and meets with Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He restores his purpose again. He restores his purpose. So many times, like me, when I was going through those times of transitioning of jobs, like, what is my future? And it brought this hopelessness on me. But, but yet, when we come close to Jesus and he begins to speak life to us again and hope to us again, we realize, oh man, Jesus, you've got some amazing things for me. Oh my, why was I getting so down to the dumps? Jesus, you are amazing. This is why the resurrection story changes so rapidly because people began to experience Jesus again. Please do not let the darkness of your situation to cause doubt in your heart, but you realize that where life comes again is drawing close to Jesus. The Bible says, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And it's not he's waiting way, way out there. The reality is he wants to be close to us. But he's saying, I want to be close. I want to be close. And all of a sudden, when we come in to encounter him, life begins to change. Hope begins to rise. There's a scripture that says this. That says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. This morning, whatever situation you might find yourself in, I want to let you know, today you can leave here with hope. Today you can leave here with your spirit excited because of what Jesus has done. We don't have to wait for something miraculous to take place. All we need to do is allow Jesus to come close. All we need to do is allow Jesus to come close. Do you realize that Jesus appeared to over 500 people after he rose from the grave? Oh! And every single encounter, he changed a life. He brought hope. He restored hope. Well, you might say, well, I don't, uh, Jesus is not here today. How can I get close to him? Great question. Jesus said, it's good that I go because I'm going to send you somebody else. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with us right now. 
He's here. Jesus is spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. Don't doubt in the dark what God has spoken the light. Remember these things. What Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You are my chosen one. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I love this one from the Old Testament. It says, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. See, God is so much bigger than your doubts. God is so much bigger than your doubts. All he wants us to do is come close to him. Come close to him. Be with him and let hope arise again. That would be a good place for an amen. Do you want hope to rise again in you? Absolutely, we do. I like Keith Urban's song, John Cougar, John Deere, John 316 is the title of his song. I kind of like that third part of that, John Cougar, John Deere, John 316, that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus has done for us by not only going to the cross, but on the third day, rising again, conquering death, overcoming the grave to what? To give us hope and a future. No longer controlled by fear, no longer controlled by darkness, no longer separated from God, but close to him. Where hope can arise, where light can be found. Church, don't doubt in the dark what God has spoken in the light. Come to the light. Come to Jesus. Jesus, bow your heads with me for a moment. Oh Lord, we just thank you so much for what you have done for us on the cross, Jesus. Thank you. And our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to go to the cross for us. I'm mindful that there are people here today that would say, I don't have this hope. I feel my life is in darkness right now. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray first for those who would say, you know what? I know Jesus, but for some reason, I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a slump of darkness. Can you just slip up your hand real quick? I'm in a slump of darkness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Jesus, draw near to them right now. Holy Spirit, bring light and life to them right now. Bring peace to them right now. And if you are here and you're saying, you know, I, I don't 
I don't know for sure that I've given my life to Jesus and I want to have this hope and peace that I see so many else, so many other people have those who've given their life to Jesus. And if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, would you just slip up your hand right now? I want to pray for you. You want to give your life to Jesus? Slip up your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Slip up the hand. You want to know Jesus. Have that hope and have that peace. Let's pray this prayer, all of us just together. It's great just to to remind ourselves Jesus thank you for going to the cross for us thank you for taking my sin my shame my doubt and allowing it to be nailed on the cross with you I'm sorry for the things I've done I repent I turn turn to you, Jesus. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for giving me new life. Thank you that I'm a new creation. And now I have a relationship with my Father in heaven. Let peace reign in my heart. Let joy come back into my heart. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done on the cross. Jesus, you are amazing. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 